Hi, and welcome to Telepathy TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the conscious person. Which is a very interesting subject. And the conscious person would be aware of a different time than the Gregorian time they offer us, and that would be the Mayan time. Which is yeah, and seven etsnab is, is really a, a powerful sign. It's about trimming off the things in your life that no longer serve, being the tone seven. And etsnab is the tribe of the mirror. It's to reflect. And what we do is we grow. <clears throat> uh, we are all teachers. And we reflect to others our, our truth. And they mm -hmm. reflect to us their truth. And it's never really about them or and we're never really about them, and they're never really about us. Yeah. So they're and just a reflection of us. Today's guide tribe is Auk, and uh, therefore we are guided by the power of heart. Mm -hmm. And power and, and heart loyalty. are two words that go very well together. Mm -hmm. and absolutely. That is part of being the conscious human, being in touch with both the feelings and the mind as equals, as long as one is the... Uh, Uberalis, you're out of balance inherently. And balance and love and mastery are three words that are synonyms. Mm. So the idea of being a conscious person okay, is very different from what a lot of us might uh, uh, feel that um, defines that particular concept. Uh, as soon as you're saying, oh, I'm conscious, oh, yeah, I'm very, very conscious, I'm I'm just completely conscious. I'm overflowing with consciousness. And of course, what you know about that is that that person is not. That's not the way that works. It's a very different method of thought, being conscious, being aware, being present, being alert. All of these things are part of this. And to pull it into a consistency about the life. And so... Uh, part of, uh, many of us are on this kind of hair-trigger reaction to whatever that is, and this always annoys us. You know, the, somebody honks and you just go ballistic and possibly hand grenade-ish or whatever that word would be. And then you go, oh, gee, I'm, uh, okay. Uh, so to become more conscious is to uh, not necessarily, sometimes you do, uh, react the way you think of it instantly, and that is something that serves you under the circumstance. But to not leap to whatever stimulus struck you is definitely a point of consciousness that's taken me a lifetime to figure out, that you don't have to do the first thing that pops into your mind, although sometimes you do. Well, things aren't always as they appear. And one of the things that I feel about becoming more conscious is you're seeing what's really going on, not your fear and not your inner turmoil or your inner drama, or most particularly your inner guilt. <clears throat> we interpret a lot of things that go on in our life through our own guilt. And if people are triggering you and getting you upset, then that cannot happen unless you have a guilt, a fear, or some kind of lack of self-love mm -hmm. or self-understanding within there. So consciousness really is defined by mm -hmm. looking at what's really there, becoming conscious of it. 
because when you become conscious of what's really going on, those feelings of abandonment, fear, guilt, the, the things I just mentioned, can't live there. It can't live there when you're conscious. There's always a bigger picture. We can always get higher up on the mountain, see more of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And the more you see after a certain point reaches critical mass and you can find the realness or the truth within any situation much, much easier because you know it exists. Well, a very good way of not being conscious is to be guilty. And they are mutually exclusive. All manipulation, yeah, yeah. all manipulation is guilt manipulation. And so if you can, uh, let me choose different words there, when someone reacts rather than responds by being guilty, they are opening the door to being manipulated because being guilty and being asleep are the same thing. And people feel that guilt's a very important part. We will have to have guilt. Otherwise, people will uh, uh, what get tattoos and run around uh, amok. <laughs> you know, how does that work? So to be the conscious human being is to step back. It's very much a, an important part of that. And then in your observation, uh, preparing yourself to respond to a situation rather than the knee-jerk that we are, uh, as a younger person, very prone to have. Uh, so then the response to the situation. Now, anyone in our process of becoming more conscious, I believe, catches on to very rapidly catches on to uh, spending a specific part of the awake time in a, some form or another of meditation. Because the whole process of consciousness has to do with meditation. If there is no meditation in your da daily life, then you are not spending any time in touch with the bigger picture in order to know how to respond down here in the microcosm. So the meditation is a very, very important part of that. And then another form of consciousness uh, is the ability to self-correct. Um, this concept of... Uh, or to perceive that nothing's wrong in the first place. Or Yes, that yeah. is another, that's absolutely another correct answer. The ability to answer. grow and evolve yeah. perhaps yeah. might be a better, uh, even a better uh, way of yeah. looking at that because it really is a matter of growing and mm -hmm. evolving. Yeah, and to plug it into the system that mm -hmm. way, to allow yourself to, uh, so then we would say self, well, self-advance, make yourself whole, is another uh, worthy pursuit in becoming more conscious. So we'd like to ask our audience, you know, what do you do uh, to perceive uh, to become more conscious. What do you do to become more conscious? There are many of us that read uh, books, and I know how smooth this is, and it's also uh, something I'm not going to resist, as in the um, hidden language codes. Um, so, but I agree, reading is a very, very good way to expand your consciousness, because there are many great philosophers amongst us that are writing um, very worthwhile things. The ability to... Um, so I've read many books that uh, there was one sentence in it that was why I read the whole book. 
and I'm very happy for the one sentence um, because the one sentence will open a door and then through that door I can grow uh, consciously mm -hmm. and in fact sometimes even quite exponentially. And you know one thing, uh, when you really go at it from the idea of exploring consciousness or to become more conscious, you start realizing that you can have those inspirational words in anything, whether it's a license plate, a book, a line from a movie, or, or just in a scene that's playing out in front of you. You absolutely can. And what's different about the consciousness? Uh, you had said something before that I'm not tracking right now exactly what you said, but what it inspired in me was experience makes us conscious. And you mm -hmm. can't experience anything unless you allow yourself to be in the moment. And you can't be in the moment if you're filled with fear. And let me, let me just repeat that because I think it's important. Experience makes us more conscious and you can't, be ex you can't experience if you're not allowing yourself to live in the moment and you can't allow yourself to live in the moment if you're filled with fear because fear automatically pulls you out. If you look at a, a lion or, or some gazelles that a lion is chasing and that they can't live in the moment and drink the water because they're always looking around for the lion. So fear, by nature of it, pulls you out. So by eradicating fear or letting it go, rising above it, it's really not like you're pushing it away or conquering it in any way, but when you rise above the fear that is within you and you spend your 40 days in the desert battling your own fear, that enables you to allow yourself to be in a moment because you feel safe. And it's within that moment that the experience makes us more conscious. Every experience holds a formula that can be used in every other experience. Well, the animal consciousness, as in the gazelle, uh, is a very interesting, which uh, opened a door in there for me, uh, in that um, animals uh, will pass their incarnation very, very easily. Uh, basically, the first bite of the predator on uh, the hindquarters of the animal, and the animal just um, evacuates its spirit from the body, just you know, very, very quickly. It doesn't have to be shredded to death before the spirit leaves the body. Uh, it doesn't hang on the way we humans sometimes do, but not necessarily. But this idea of, um, uh, therefore, the gazelle or the animal consciousness combined or seen through the human consciousness uh, is the idea of um, not having to necessarily look around for what might go, um, quote, against one, uh, but to know that it's all, as you were saying earlier, to know that you don't have to be looking for what's going to go wrong uh, because in looking for it, you're going to create it. So this idea of releasing uh, this hold uh, that the future has on <laughs> us. And um, so yet another technique of remaining in the now is to realize that anything that is capable of pulling you out of the now for example, when I'm doing the meditation where you concentrate on your breath, okay, I go, all right, I'm going to concentrate on my breath, and I'll, I'll have a goal of, say, 10 breaths, okay, and I can count 10 breaths without really thinking, so, uh, and it's always interesting to me, it's like a little game I play with myself, made it to the fifth breath before that thing, you know, so like, 
high score or record. You know, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You get okay. applause in the background. Yeah, yeah, people going, good job and all that. Uh, so this idea of um, how long can you go without uh, having the thought that, that distracts you from the no thing or the meditation form that we're talking about. And what's interesting is to watch where you drop in. When you first start this form of meditation where you're just doing conscious breaths, you'll drop back in on a fear a lot of the time. You know, something will pull you back. Ah, I forgot to turn the kettle off or, you know, whatever that, someone was speaking there. Uh, whatever that might be. Okay. Uh, and then after a while, you drop back in with a thought that was actually worth thinking. I did the Trinity class, and someone brought up the idea of uh, electricity as pretty polar, positive pole to negative pole. And uh, so I spent um, however many days that is thinking about the concept of the Trinity of electricity. And I just know this is part of mankind at the moment. So um, if we see two wires, and one wire is the positive and one wire is the negative. Okay, we've got that. I understand it. Now we want to put in the third wire. You mean the ground wire? No, no. I'm talking about a third wire where um, positive and negative currents flow through this at the same time. Okay. And then it occurred to me that while you would have this stream that is going in both directions, there would be a third form of electricity that would spiral around the two. Mm -hmm. Now, how in the world you actually do this, I don't know. And I understand plasma, and I understand states of matter and, and the rest of that. But I do believe there's a form of electricity that has three poles to it. Yeah. And once we can well, get to that, we can do a lot of things we cannot do well, yet tech-wise. Something you used to say a long time ago when we, many years ago, at least almost 11 years ago, we did some shows on Trinity, and we held up some of the common trinities, and we talked about that early stages. And I like the way you described it at the time, that if you take the negative pole and the positive pole to the battery and you triangulate it, the, the motor starts. Yeah. And that's really a, a lot um, having mm -hmm. to do with that. And Tesla, of course, has the coils, and you've made a lot of uh, yeah, copper coils would. yourself, so that, that would make a lot of sense. Uh. Uh, so that, that in, does make sense. And in meditation, I spoke to Tesla's father. To find, well, someone that Tesla went to for inspiration was the program I put into the meditation. And um, there was another one where I, I saw the whole earth. And you know how when a rap, uh, an apple is ripe, it'll change color. And when an orange is ripe, it'll change color. And when a banana is ripe, it'll change color. When a human being is ripe, it'll change color. And what I got was when the hair goes white, then it's ripe. White and ripe, okay. But this idea of um, being well, let's a... let's pick Neville. Uh, Does anybody yes, have I'm, a cherry I'm ready, picker? yeah, yeah. Um, in that sense. But I, I saw the planet from a different That's point of funny. view through that because the being that showed up to counsel there that I asked the first thing I noticed was it had all, this being had all white hair. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, this one is mature. It's ready. Absolutely. It's, yeah, a very interesting thought. As that's a very go. interesting thought. I, I like that. And that's very good. Uh, something I, I wanted to add to my earlier comments about fear and experience is that fear makes us measure the experience. And when we're measuring, of course, you can't experience. We're either yeah. measuring or we're experiencing. And so, 
one of the things about being ripe, so to speak, or being conscious, and we're never fully conscious, and that's a good thing, because that means there's always something more to explore, so you never have to stop. So we're, but we do reach a place, like I was saying earlier, of critical mass, where we become conscious enough to know about consciousness and to know what it feels like. And when you get to that place, it's really like stepping into an entirely different universe. And everything becomes your mm. servant and a product of your consciousness mm -hmm. instead of something bigger than you that's controlling you and victimizing you and thrusting you out of the moment. Mm -hmm. So when that moment comes, you know it. And I think it's spoken of in a lot of religious texts as enlightenment or revelation or epiphany. But there's a point at which, and so I would ask people in the audience if you'd like to call in, if you feel you have reached that place where you are of enough critical mass of consciousness that now you know about it and you can consciously apply consciousness to your mm -hmm. life. Well, it is the and day. Call the, in. <coughs> yeah, uh, please do call in. Uh, it is the day of the mirror, and uh, recognizing everything as yourself. Uh, and so part of a meditation that I do is to state everything I am. Not stating everything that I am, just saying that everything that is, I am. If that, all right, we'll go back to the origin of that. Two aliens walk into a bar. One alien says, what is? And the other alien says, I am. Now, in case you didn't get that joke. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> Uh, actually, it is. Okay. Uh, everything that is, I am. Right. So then, therefore, it's not a joke. It's and true. then again, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, or call in with a joke, or call in with a dream, or call in with, uh, what had with you requested? With an experience. Well, something else I thought would be interesting to talk about tonight, uh, I mean, we can continue that conversation because there's a lot to be said about being conscious, but some of the ways that you can understand when you're not really conscious or when you're feeling like you're unconscious is when you feel critical of people and things going on around you then that's one thing to say okay I'm missing the bigger picture and a lot of times we get to the place where we are so scrambling for our personal power and I'm not talking of power over other people but we're scrambling for our personal power and not finding it because we're not looking for consciousness, we're looking for power. And what happens is we get very hypercritical of each other. And Robert Fulgham wrote a lot of really interesting stuff back in the 80s, but one of his lines was, sticks and stones can um, break your bones, but words can break your heart. And there's a lot of truth in that, and the work that I do with people, I know what an impact what we say to each other has. And we've all done it, and it's not to feel guilty about it, and it's not to lament over things that you've said in the past, or even if you say something in the future. But what it is talking about is being more conscious of the vibrational harmony of your words, and not just the words you use, but the carrier wave of love or non-love that you're sending it on, and what kind of echo that's going to have in people's minds and heads. And it's like the five laws of Jainism, ahimsa, cause harm to no one, and then you learn truth after you learn causing harm to no one. Because truth without that other is just harsh and sometimes can be very cruel. 
Yeah, and then again, we still uh, talk about the idea, and this is just another correct answer, that uh, no such thing as a victim, and the person chooses uh, the situation. If they choose that they are going to be harmed in this situation, then that is the experience that they have chosen to have, and is therefore part of yep. what they required for their evolution. So I'm just saying there's, well, I there's agree a with place that, but, at which but, and both we answers have to, are correct. No, no, I understand. Yeah. And the triangulation point on both of those is, yes, it's up to them to decide how they feel, but it's still up to me to manage who I am and what I deliver out into the earth planes or into the ethers. And in that way, that's what it is about me. And it's not to control their reality. It's to do and decide what my reality is and the kind of thing that I would like to contribute to life. And that's the triangulation on it. Mm -hmm. So it's my choice because I, I have seen where people give away the power of their own self-responsibility by saying, oh, it's all divine and it's all perfect. Well, yes, I don't disagree with that. I've been teaching that for many years. But you still have a, a personal you and you have a decision about what you contribute to reality. Yeah, without And that's doubt. what I choose yeah. is to do the best that is highest vibrational that thing that correct. I can do in any given yeah. moment. And I think yeah. we're all like that. That all serves well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. But to not see the, the trap in that is the guilt feeling. But this that is choice. You could this have, is not guilt. No, I'm just saying yeah. that if you feel you. that something one has done has, quote, harmed someone else, then that's the trapping where you then are soured, where you then lose your power by virtue of, and then... Well, yeah, and I that's hear where that gets sticky. No, I, I hear exactly. That's why I prefaced yeah. it all with this is not to be guilty, but it's about to be conscious and to make yeah. choices. Yeah. But I believe every single thing is of divine origin. Everything began as a divine construct. And I even feel that guilt that came began as a divine construct to let us see what's not resonant with the vibration of what we truly are. And our true vibration sends out love, conscious love, Everything is love, but I'm talking about conscious love. Right. There's a love that moves through us no matter what we do, but then there's that critical mass. When we become conscious of it, then we become the co-creator slash creator of our reality. And mm -hmm. when we can consciously make the choice to offer up love, well, how wonderful is that? To me, that's when the earth reaches the 51% harmless and everything really, really shifts. And that's going on. Yeah, yeah, and that is our idea of the conscious person mm -hmm. is the person who is in that field and remains there more than they don't remain there. Yeah. 51%. Yeah. Very important yeah, statistic. Well, the, Perhaps the only important statistic. Yeah. Well, I got to say it, it's not just solely something I thought up. Um, it was a construct that Bartholomew put forth uh -huh. in one of his books a long time yeah. ago. And he talked about uh, the mission is to, to make yourself 51% harmless. Mm -hmm. And I lived by that for quite a long time. Uh, I obviously, I um, worked more than 51%, but I thought it was a very noble way of seeing things to get back in touch with what we truly know we are. And we are. That's the whole point. We are. So let's uh, ask if anyone in the audience has any questions about this uh, to call in because it's... Um, uh, very refreshing. It's a very uh, mm -hmm. uh, important part of our program. Anyone that calls in is, so to speak, 
our guest on the program. Well, so if you have questions or a dream, whatever you'd like, right. we give us a that. call in. I'm sure yeah. will. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing you had said a long time ago, and I thought was a good way of explaining it, that the difference, well, f well, let me preface it with this, the difference between consciousness and knowledge, there's a big, huge difference. Yes. And you had said, well, you can know a hundred yoga poses, but unless you do the yoga poses, they're really just knowledge. knowledge. And I think that what we have gotten to in our society and probably throughout time is and focus the value of knowledge and not of experience, which yeah. is the actual um, meat of what I was talking mm -hmm. about, so to speak, earlier, the experience of it, not the knowledge yeah. of it. And, and there's a lot of knowledge floating around. You can go on YouTube and find knowledge anywhere. Oh, throughout but one the thing web. that yeah. we, we are really about is helping you through having you call in and tell us about situations in your everyday life and help you to see the real knowing of that, the real yeah. experience of it. Yeah, the, the making the call in does uh, put it in a completely different place in the thought process. Uh, we saw a, um, a play that was a very inspiring play, and it sort of wrote code in the life for the next few days, the experience of the theater, the experience of the drama in the play in particular, and uh, the decision to go ahead because it was a, a decision that was uh, rendered back and forth for a while before actually uh, chosen. And so, but then once it became the reality, once that happened, then it put it all in a very different place. And any of these um, experiences that for whatever reason we resist them, when we finally agree to do them, it's like a breath of life in. So as uh, with yoga, for example, so fine, you can go on the web and you can find all of these poses and look at them and say, oh, I could do that. And you won't even be able to remember that you did that or what the pose was. But if you actually do, do the pose, provided you don't kill yourself in the process, then that becomes something that becomes part of your dreams. That's another thing I've noticed about um, uh, a true experience, and not that there's a false experience, but this idea of choosing a bold experience. And I don't mean extreme bungees. I don't mean, you know, pranking someone. I don't, well, possibly, but it would depend. Um, you know, this idea of choosing a life experience and actually following through on it, uh, it, it be, you become greater from it mm -hmm. when we... Uh, yeah, conscious choice. Yeah. And choosing to do something that makes you feel good. Because honestly, over the period of my life, if, if I'm not doing my highest choice in any given moment... I'm not talking guilt. I'm, I'm talking about resonance. It just doesn't really click in internally. And a, a while back, I had asked about the word integrity when I did some automatic writing, and it was speaking of integrity means all at one with, with the concept. So, for instance, a criminal that believes it's okay to steal is actually acting in integrity. Um, but ultimately, and this is what I would put forth, ultimately... All of us are pure, unadulterated, unconditional love, universal magnet of the fragments coming back into the whole. So if we look at that, that's really our true resonance. So everything other than that 
unity really is out of integrity with us. And we will tell ourselves about this, either in, with our physical body in the form of aches and pains or stubbing toes, or it, it will mir be mirrored back in our life somehow mm -hmm. if we're not in resonance with pure love. Yeah, and that is a very powerful thing. And uh, we've said so often on this program that uh, good and evil are really very primitive and unaffected ways to think. This is good, this is not good. Not really the way you think, not really the um, higher levels of consciousness. Because everything that was ever described as good has ended up doing harm, and everything that has been described as negative or evil has resulted in something good. I mean, if we just, so that is a very primitive way to think, good and evil. And it is time for us to go to a higher consciousness in our perception of reality. And a very simple proof, uh, we came here to evolve, yes. We evolve by having experiences, absolutely. Therefore, there is no such thing as a bad experience because it assists you to evolve. Yes, I, I see that. Therefore, there is no such thing as a good experience because it, ha uh, it assists you to evolve. So therefore, there are just experiences. Once it is just an experience rather than a good or bad experience, then the evolution can be accelerated exponentially in that equation. We can become more conscious by giving up this habituated labeling of all things. And uh, we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. It's Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are, How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, a couple of years ago, I heard Mary say in one of your shows, you were talking about slipstreaming and a consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I had this really cool experience at work this week. I was standing around talking to a friend, and all of a sudden we're talking about the Knights Templar and how enlightened they are, and they were. And it was like we both just slipped into that consciousness together at the same time. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that for me, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really do feel, and this is how all the automatic writing I've done and you want to call it channeling, I, I, I think we could upgrade that word. Uh -huh. I feel channeling really is slipstreaming, okay. uh, like stepping into another stream of consciousness. Uh -huh. And I, I have even been able to just turn my head at certain angles and I can pick up information that I really didn't know anything about. I've written about a lot of things. I honestly, in my physical mind, didn't have any of that knowledge. And you can do that. Uh -huh. I, I feel people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just they don't trust themselves. And one of the best ways to do it is, is put on the act-as-if robe and temporarily suspend judgment uh -huh. and align with something. Okay. And what you did is you noticed something that happens all the time uh -huh. to us, but we disregard it. We okay. think, oh, I was just making that up or Not something. Not paying attention. Yeah, and the more you validate it within yourself, the more profound it it becomes. Ah. So congratulations. And another thing, I feel that there are certain vibrational locations uh -huh. that are more conducive to that type of thing. And the way I see it, or I was shown it, if you look at um, like a plane of existence and another one stacked on top and another one stacked on top, uh -huh. like the dimensional planes, uh -huh. there are places where there are like straws that come through and come down in certain other dimensions. Uh -huh. And that when you are close to that in a location sense or uh -huh. a vibrational sense, uh -huh. information that is real to easy to come back and forth, whether it's from a dimension of the past or another alternate 
uh, parallel universe. Okay. And so that might have been another element of what was going on. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the pituitary, the, pardon me, the third eye, the actual uh -huh. organ of the third eye, is very much a location like that. Yeah. So wherever your it's third a radio eye dial. Is, is yeah. That's how I explain it in the class. It's a radio dial. Yeah. Where you can tune into those frequencies, which I teach people how to do that. Yeah, but that is the vortex because, you know, you can be at a place, and I'm agreeing with all of that, but the, your ability to perceive, to receive, is so you can receive in your closet, you can receive in your car. Yeah. You can receive just anywhere. Uh -huh. So the slipstream can occur wherever it is that you make the choice that it occurs, oh. which is what we're saying about the consciousness. Consciousness, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. The, the king's chamber of the pyramid in uh, Cheops mm -hmm. used to be uh, bowed down to by the entire of the human race. And it's not what it once was. They, the government even... Go ahead with whatever that is. No, no, I no. I would, make this. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not really that those have lessened. It's our consciousness, vibration. That's why I mentioned location or vibration. Okay. Because yeah. if you can vibrate, and when two people are talking together, I mm -hmm. know that two people in my name thing, uh, you both vibrate at a place where you can access this. So ah, I just wanted to clarify. Okay. So okay. the Kiops. Wow. Well, now, there's actual math involved. The... Uh, a phenomenon of the pyramids set up an unusual magnetic field. Yeah, of course, yeah. Right. Now, that unusual magnetic field is all over the entire planet. Uh-huh. So there is, uh, anywhere that you are is equivalent to what the King's Chamber was. Okay. As far as uh, having to gain access. Okay. Flying to Egypt, getting a passport, <laughs> all of those injections. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, the rude people yeah. to greet you at the airport, etc. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, no, none of that is necessary. You're already there right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank so. you so much, my oh, dear. Oh, you're quite welcome. You guys are wonderful. Oh, yes, thank you yes, for calling. <laughs> thank you so much yeah. for calling. Yeah. I thought I would just speak real quickly that sure. uh, very soon I'm going to have almost every workshop that Neville and I teach available online including the in-depth three-part psychic development, the, mm -hmm. the two-part dream, the three-part tarot, your face reading and all that. Just thought I'd mm -hmm. let people know that may be listening to this because yeah. people have been asking for that for a long time. The words also. We have our next call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Neha. <coughs> How Neha. are you? Hi. What can we do for you? Um, yeah, I just, um, I've been listening, and I just wanted to uh, share some, some thoughts on the topic of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <laughs> I think this is connected to consciousness where um, I feel that I've become, the theme of the past couple of weeks has been, you know, all right, you control your thoughts, you choose what thoughts to have, you choose what emotions to feel, and I feel like I'm just sort of automatically distancing a little bit from my own thoughts where I can, you know, be aware of them, slow them down, um, kind of ignore them <laughs> or yeah. transform them and you know I, I I just find that to be really kind of kind of interesting powerful yeah very powerful um, also I was reading about lucid dreaming and one um, one thing the author said that he does is while he's awake periodically he'll ask himself am I dreaming and just by asking that question to yourself when you're awake mm -hmm. it kind of it kind of um, wakes you up 
Yeah. So uh, that's another thing I've been trying. Excellent, excellent. A lot can um, be explored. You know, talking things. about the location, as you were just talking about, I was thinking, you know, location of consciousness, that um, sometimes if you can kind of see yourself, locate your, uh, I'm not sure how to say this, but sort of think from above your head. So yeah, sort we of taught your, that your thought for process a very long is located time. above your skull. Yes. Uh, yeah, Neville, Neville has uh, recommended that for decades now yeah, literally. Uh, oh, okay. on the show, and it's very effective. I'm glad you brought that up because we haven't mentioned that in a little while now, uh, where you remove yourself eight inches above your head. Yeah, and uh, you will never tamp that back into your skull after that's been <laughs> after out for that. a while. Yeah, no, and, and you'll feel a breeze in the car on the top of your head, <laughs> and you're going, well, I have a hard top car. I don't understand why this is. Yeah, it's like having but a convertible. The longer story it really of it was that uh, Freud is credited for inventing the word conscious. Now, uh, when a word like consciousness comes into the language, it means that it has been there. Someone just named it. So prior to Freud, if we go all the way back to Shakespeare, certainly before Freud, uh, it's not like Shakespeare sat there with a thesaurus, which is a form of dinosaur as far as I know, uh, and, and made rhyming Shakespearean dialogue. That's the way everyone spoke. That was the, the level of mankind at the time of Shakespeare, was everybody spoke in rhyme couplets all the time which is considered to be the reptilian part of the brain. And we built, or we didn't build it, we activated the next layer of brain up, if you see what I'm talking about. It was there, but it was inactive. And now in our time period now, we are, <laughs> in this time period now, we are activating another level of consciousness within us that was there. Uh, not super conscious, as Freud would say. However, uh, I would prefer an advanced consciousness, a greater consciousness, is being activated at this point where we don't knee-jerk into a fist fight, where we step back and recognize all of the elements and are then in command, not control, command. Now, we years ago said, okay, take that, that center of your... Take the place where you make choice. Where is that place? And move that to above your head and leave it there. Leave it there for a couple of weeks and then pull it back where it was. Although it won't go back where it was. That's not what we, we told people it would, but it really wouldn't. Uh, and so this expansion. Now, I found in meditation, I found a place that I'm calling the primary self which will for sure be in some book coming up, and I don't think I've blogged it yet. But the primary self I found at one point in my meditation, and, it, and I've been to visit this part of myself every day for a very long time now, and this part of me was the place in my timeline, and there is no timeline, but the place where everything is God, not God like the... Um, amorphized human being up there. The, there's a consciousness in everything. There's a consciousness in every atom there is. You cannot say that a stone is unconscious. You cannot say that a blade of grass is unconscious. Everything has an intelligence. Everything has a consciousness. Okay, now this place that I found was where I had 
evolved, a piece of God evolved to the place that it became what I'm going to call my commander. We would say in English more commonly, my soul. Now, my soul had evolved to the point that it had agreed to separation from God, but had not yet made the decision to be separate from God. The primary me, the me before any incarnations of any description, the place where I was separate, but had not yet made the decision to incarnate, the primary self. And I go to that being quite a bit. In a daily meditation, I go to speak to this being. I like to pop out of the conscious breath into the primary self. Then that's a hot day for me as far as meditation goes. And if you wish, go do that. Go find the primary you and find out what they have to tell you. Some of the fruit I've gotten from this meditation is that love and power are synonymous. And so this being who was not separate illustrated to me that if anything that happened to you, you responded in a loving way, like Homer Simpson or Forrest Gump, or if your response to everything was loving, you would be the most powerful person on earth. Yeah, and that's, that's very similar to what I was saying earlier about yeah. when we make the conscious choice to respond with love. Um, it, yeah. it, it's not out of guilt. It's not where we're not taking emotional responsibility for the other person. Yeah. But it's genuinely to become more in alignment with who we really are. So that was a yeah. wonderful full circle. So Neha, thank you so much. What a no, brilliant thank, question. <clears throat> thank you. This, I really look forward to Thursdays. It's like, uh, Aww. you know, um, I don't know what to say. Just thank you so much. Oh, well, thank Alrighty. you. Well, thank we do you. accept donations. Bri- Bri- oh, listen to him. Come on. He's can't say that kidding. on TV. I didn't say that. Gosh. Okay. Well, I think that that was um, really yeah. a beautiful very call. Very nice call. Very yeah, nice we appreciate call. that very and much. We appreciate it. We look forward to Thursdays, too. Yeah. It we, really is our... love to hear lo- from you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really is our love to do this. Uh-huh. And it's true that all, all of our crew is volunteer, including us, and we do this religiously every week. Um, and we, we double the crew's salary occasionally. We go from zero to zero times zero ten. Zero times ten, yeah. 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 And so we give them raises all the time. And, uh, but they've been faithfully very, coming very in here crew, to bring yeah. the show to everybody out there, uh, out of the goodness of their heart, works. too. Often doing yes. many, many different roles, like As Rick is evening, right now, yes. who is... Our floor director, camera two, and our duck dangler. Yes, if anyone would like to dangle the ducks so that... Or come and be in the audience. Yeah, or be in the audience member. Yeah, please do come. Uh, We would love to see you. And the the duck's a very important aspect because it allows a a door to open, like so many things, and uh, yet is another form of what it is that we do. Yeah. And uh, we have quotes in the duck these days. Yeah. Okay. Well, since Rick can't signal us if it's time, <laughs> he, can, he can still do Evidently it. Evidently, he can. Yes. <laughs> Our uh, cue for the duck, and this is Rick, <laughs> who's always behind the camera. He he quacks a duck. Uh, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burden of it to anyone else. Charles Dickens. That's a good one. 
action is character of Scott Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And I do see that. And meditation is a form of um, action, which I think is uh, little known because everyone equates meditation with the nothing, the no form, but it is an amazing action to take. Well, I, I was looking uh, or thinking, that's very well said, but mm -hmm. mine, and I don't really remember the quote now, what I just said, because it got no me thinking. No one think is useless who... See, I, I think that uh, in part um, that sounds nice and everything, but I don't think anybody's useless even if they don't lighten the load of someone else. Mm -hmm. that particularly useful are the people that we stumble over, how kind of them to kneel in front of us so that we do that. And so everybody always is doing something for all of us, so, and for some. Yeah, it all works together in a phenomenal synchronicity. Yeah. That is a, a part <coughs> of this consciousness. There is a place at which you can actually perceive everyone acting and responding throughout <coughs> the entire planet in a choreography that is um, imaginable. And uh, to have that perception of our planet, of the one family on the planet, of the one race on the planet. The human race. Yeah, or a hue person. Yeah, the hue person race. It's a little genderistic. Hi, caller, what is your name, please? My name is Nahid. Hi. Nahid. Hi, I'm always uh, watching your program. I'm very grateful and blessed to watch uh, both of you. Oh, thank and you. I want to thank you, both of you. And it just gives me so much, so much oh. energy every well, time you. that I am uh, watching you two guys. I mean, I'm really, really happy and I appreciate it. I'm wondering if I kindly I can ask you uh, to have a reading for my son. Sure. Sure. Did you have a particular question, or shall we just? Yeah, I just wanted to know about his health and uh, and his future. Okay. Let me just see what we get, and we are also grateful for you. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Everything really is the mirror there. Mm -hmm. Well, the first card that we get, the friendliness card, it shows people dancing not in spite of the rain, but because of the rain. And this is something I feel with his soul that he brought in with him is he's really getting to know who he is by certain challenges he's had through his life, whether that's health or otherwise, but that he doesn't have to have it in that form. And I think he's starting to understand that. And then we get the, the, the consciousness card. What are the odds? Well, one in 79, apparently. But in this position, the consciousness card out of this deck, <clears throat> when our show is on being the conscious human, and that is his path. That's what he's really looking to do. And I think that he's a very people-oriented person that likes to get to know. I, I think he has such great skills in understanding human nature and communication. And he's here really to do a lot of healing for people. And his experience is helping other people to, to heal and grow. And I think he's going to pursue things like that, the consciousness, the philosophy, the, the spirituality of this life, which is wonderful. I think he's being called to that. Now, the suppression card comes in when you feel torn between the material world and the spiritual world. And you only have to be stuck in there as long as you real, until you realize you don't have to choose between, that you can have both. And that's what he's really looking to do. Overcome some of his feelings of limit, limitedness and know that he can have his spiritual life and he can have enough money to live on at the same time. And that 
both yeah. of those go together. But he's a very spiritual being and, I, being, and I feel a past life of his. He was a, a holy man. And so he is working on some things uh, even from that life in this life. So thanks for calling. Yeah, excellent call. And are we... Okay. So uh, the idea of being a conscious human being is not exactly what most people believe it is in that it is um, uh, another level up another sense of awareness so I know for a fact that I am not yet conscious I am more conscious than I have been but I am not yet there because I know that there will always be more exactly yeah, yeah so that's that would be the qualifying phone call that would allow us to go into the next level so hi caller what's your name please uh, good evening my name is Kurt Kurt, what can Hi. we do for you? Um, I was just want to say I love your show. Thank you. And uh, listen to it in the car on my uh, drive on the podcast. Oh, excellent! Are you driving excellent. now? Thank you. No, not right now. <laughs> That's okay. only after tomorrow when I upload oh. it. Tuesday <laughs> next week. I was wondering if I could uh, get a reading, please. I'd be most happy to. Thank you for calling, and it's my pleasure to do this. I, I first of all, I feel just in your energy field that there, there's some kind of a big business deal or an idea that you've had or a job that you've been going for or something that's really all around you. <clears throat> and I would, I would open up to that and let that start unfolding. Sometimes um, the, the comparison card is showing us that we think, oh, am I good enough or will this happen? Um, this is saying really have a look at yourself because you are very bright, you're very intelligent. And I don't like to do comparisons, but I'm being shown this in this way, that even if you were to compare, you would find that wherever you go, you might have to kind of, um, I don't like this expression, but I haven't come up with a better one. Maybe you could help the, the dummy down thing where, where we guilty feel like up. we have. A guilty up, yeah. The guilty up of, of things. And to not compare anymore and just look at yourself uniquely you've got some ideas and skills that are really popping out again that now's the time, that the time is right, the project's right, whatever, and open up to it. And there could be some great fruition with that. The new vision tells me that uh, perhaps after you get started on this, uh, it might be a branching off, going off in your own direction a little more than being with other people, um, and then calling people to your new vision. And that you've been through some things in your life that, that <clears throat> that have made you pause and really think about things in, in, in an experiential way. And I think that's profound. It's brought you a lot of wisdom. And it's perhaps time to start sharing that. Yeah. Even if it's with uh, young, younger kids or, or things like that. Yeah. So, Kurt, thank you very much thank uh, you. for your call. We'd love to hear from you again. Yes. Please call in. And uh, please download us on podcast. You can download 140-something uh, mm -hmm. shows. And yeah. Listen to 140 hours of us on your cross-country trip. Yeah. Now, wouldn't that... You yeah. won't be the same person when you get At to the, the end other of the side. Trip. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, because we have systematically... You'll be spinning a crystal in your hand. You'll be doing all kinds of the stuff. ...offered the more advanced thinking yeah. on this program. And uh, that's what we do. That's the name of it. And that is the... That's uh, it. A factor by which we are ratcheting up, we the human race, to the higher consciousness. And uh, there have been a lot, we could do a whole uh, program on symptoms of higher consciousness. -ness 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 -ness. That's funny. 
Well, actually, very I true like because uh, I've seen, I, you know, the third eye is active on the periphery of your vision. And uh, so I'll be walking through the woods and something will catch on the third eye. Now, all the time, it's like I'm, things are moving around me with a perception I've never had before. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it was first growing, I would think, damn, chipmunks, or look at that. You know, some, I would account it to some actual physical being. And now I know that it is not 3D, and it is fourth and sometimes fifth. And these beings are still, uh, they upgrade themselves. I've got beings point two, and we have another caller. I believe we have time. Hi, caller. What is your name, please? Hi, it's Diane. Diane, all right. Hi. How are we doing? Fine, hey. fine. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. What can we do for you? Good. I was calling to see if um, I could get a reading, a birthday reading for my sister-in-law. Oh, thank you, Diane. You I had you forgotten. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you got through because it really did slip, slip my mind, so I'm glad you got to call. Okay, the first card we get, and we met your, her lovely sister-in-law at uh, Ruby Tuesdays one night. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Down. Okay, yeah. um, the suppression card, this is talking about you, are, you have such a good heart, and you've always wished to be in alignment with that, that real truth of love, which I was speaking of earlier, and sometimes that gets the mind involved, and we, we judge ourselves and we hold ourselves back. And then after a period of time, Things in our life dislodge us, and we don't have to have those times where we were sad and, and hitting rock bottom to dislodge us out of that idea that we can just go straight in a line. This is also the card of going through the dark night of the soul and coming through it wiser and, and more experienced, and, and that the, the blinds of a false reality are separating, and that blue sky is starting to come in to view. And what that reminds you of is even if you have gone through those hard times, don't let that influence the where you step to let the rainbow tears of your passion start melting that ice away that you've put around you as a boundary, like we all do when we're very intuitive and sensitive. And so I feel this year is about take, taking down all kinds of barriers, doing a lot of emotional healing from the past so that you can move forward boldly and letting out some creative ideas. Yeah, excellent. Happy birthday. Yeah. And if you guys are um, out and about, come join us at Ruby Tuesdays. We'll be there in about 20 minutes, give or take. Uh, we'd love to see you again. And oh. what else? Uh, one card, Greg, if you're watching, I said I would do a birthday reading just real quick. One card. I got sure. the slowing down, and it's saying that you don't have to race anymore because there's nowhere to be and no nothing to beat, and that this is the year of peace. And yeah. it's the year of you. Like the summer of George well, that's on Seinfeld. excellent advice for everyone. There's nobody in a race that you have to beat. Mm -hmm. There's, There's nowhere to go, nothing. no finish line. Yeah, it, it's just okay to be just okay. And uh, we forget this so easily as human beings, especially with the consumption of, well, gallons of coffee on a daily basis, with the idea of um, competition with the idea well, it's cheaper of the, than other water, guy, so. the other guy getting ahead of us, you know, all the rest of this, uh, all of which are false premise. You cannot be anywhere that you are not, and you cannot do anything that you don't do, and you're always doing exactly that. And, uh,
John Lennon is speaking, but the idea that um, you're where you're supposed to be. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Relax. Just be that. And it All was right. our joy and honor to take you to the door tonight. And it is your opportunity to go through that door. Mm-hmm. So do it or don't. And that is the way we that We love works. you. Thank you for watching and listening. Yeah. Thank you.